Tonight's program is brought to you by the China Hockey Group. The CHG is a family-oriented group of ice hockey leagues, training programs, and community initiatives geared at developing ice hockey in Hong Kong and southern China. Established in 2011, the CHG is comprised of various programs for players of all levels. From the exceptional Junior Tigers program, the HKBN Idol League, the Learn to Play and Learn to Skate programs, all the way up to their adult leagues, which include the SCIHL, for those looking for a fun recreational experience, and the CIHL, which is the only elite full contact adult hockey league. If you're looking for some hockey equipment, or if you even need your skates sharpened, stop by the CHG showroom in Central, an exclusive reseller of Warrior and Power equipment. For more information about their programs, check out their website at ChinaHockeyGroup.com. That's ChinaHockeyGroup.com. Hey, hockey fans. Welcome to Across the Pond. Hong Kong's first and only hockey podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ivany, and here today with me, my special guest, I had the pleasure of meeting just a few weeks ago here on the ice in Hong Kong. He was born in Chatham, New Jersey, played collegiate hockey at Cornell University before starting his pro career in the East Coast Hockey League, where he played nearly 150 games over four seasons. In 2021, he packed his bags for Europe and currently finds himself in Japan playing for the Yokohama Grits. Please welcome to the podcast, Mr. Alex Router. Alex, welcome to the show. Wow, thank you. It's quite an intro. Hey, I was working on it for, yeah, like since I met you like three weeks ago. <laughs> hard at work just just like everybody over there in, in hk that's right yeah we know how to work work hard and play hard um so i guess congratulations <laughs> to the vegas golden knights first of all stanley cup was handed out i guess yesterday for you mm-hmm. uh this morning for me mm-hmm. while i was at work working hard not watching the game on my computer um but no it was uh it was uh, exciting playoffs your thoughts yeah i mean they're so good. Like you just top to bottom, like Vegas. And then I also think it shows about the league, like the NHL it's top to bottom, the Panthers getting in in the last yeah. second. And, uh, yeah, actually I, I got to give a shout out. My, I played with Alex Lyon. He was oh, my nice. goalie in the USHL. Okay. And so he was yeah. like the Panthers. He st- started the year as their third goalie. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, he went nine and one the last 10 games, got him in the playoffs, beat Boston one game. And yeah, he was awesome. And so, yeah, like just, just goes to show you can be out of the playoffs one year, win the next year. Like it's amazing. It's exactly what Vegas did. They were out of the playoffs last year. They bring in Bruce Cassidy and uh, there they go. Um, Mm -hmm. Just an unbelievable playoffs. I mean, so unpredictable. The Bruins, like we were handing them the cup for the last six months. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Overall, I thought it was a lot of cool, interesting stories. Um, Of course, uh, as you said, Alex Lyon getting a chance uh, in the first round there. Um, Florida coming out of nowhere as an eight seed doing what they did. Um, and then even some of those former Knights who were Panthers. Yeah, exactly. And Riley Smith, like those, those six original, uh, Vegas guys who got to win the cup. That's incredible. And then I don't, I don't know if you saw, but I didn't even see it or realize it until after the game, but they said Vegas started with five guys and it was five of the original six, like who started that game five. That's pretty cool. cool. Yeah, so little, so many little storylines, and I, you know, you'll start hearing more and more now. But like some of the cool ones, you know, Marcia so winning the con Smythe against his former team, who let him walk, uh, you know, who didn't protect him in the in the draft, and and Aiden Hill be like the fourth string goalie going on an absolute heater and and leading them to the cup. Um, you know, I thought a few guys deserved to win the con Smythe. I thought Aiden Hill would have been a really interesting pick. Um, but what were your thoughts on, on Marcia? So, I mean, obviously he had a monster, uh, finish to the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think that line was awesome. So I think it yeah. was Barbashev, Eichel and him, and yeah. they were just unstoppable. You know, they have a little bit of grit, some speed and Eich- Eichel is so good. I thought Eichel and Kachuk, it was evident how good they were, you know, yeah. obviously Kachuk on the other side, but they were just like, he was so clutch getting them there, but even Eichel, like he just holds the puck for so long. So poised, like yeah. never turns it over. And so, yeah, like Mar- March So obviously he's the goal scorer, but I, I think you got to give a lot of the credit to Eichel too. 
Yeah. And even Gretz, I think the great one said uh, Eichel could have been the Conn Smythe winner. So that's uh, yeah, big praise. And guys like that, guys who you kind of underestimate the way they can play the game two ways and the defensive prowess and just how hard they are on pucks and, and hard to play against. Like when, when you got Eichel, you know, playing at that level, and uh, yeah, and seeing what Kachuk did and then hearing about him playing with a broken sternum. Um, I mean, what? It's just insane. I love hockey and I love hockey players so much. Um, it's just it's it's a sad to see it over. Um, we can all take a breath now. The playoffs are over. But yeah, I just thought it was a really interesting playoffs. And like you said, shows a lot about the league and the parody and where we're at. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, I I think it's the greatest game in the world, like bar yeah. none like it's it's so cool there's so many life lessons and skills you can learn and you're never going to get another team game with you know 25 30 guys all together for that long that many yeah. games and it's it's incredible it's so cool yeah it certainly is so um before we get to um the i guess the interview part of the show uh, i'll just say that we met a few weeks ago here um you were playing hockey with the yokohama grits um, a real cool experience for everyone involved. And we'll get to that um, towards the end. But before we do, uh, Alex, let's go back to uh, your childhood. You grew up in Chatham, New Jersey. I mean, New Jersey, great hockey city. Uh, tell me a little bit about your family and how you got introduced to the game. Yeah, so, uh, you know, my parents were actually New York Ranger fans because when they were growing up, the New Jersey Devils weren't a team yet. Right. So okay. like I was born right in the, in the 94 cup run, like with Mark Messier, Brian yeah. Leach, Alex Kovalev. And so, yeah, like my, my mom wanted to name me like Mark or Brian and that's awesome. no, sorry, my dad wanted to name me Mark, Mark or Brian, but my mom was yeah. like, no way. But then, yeah. but then she liked Alex for like Alexei Kovalev. So yeah. So they named oh, me after nice. Alexei Kovalev. Sweet. And yeah, I've just been, you know, basically just a hockey, a hockey nerd, a rink rat, whatever you want to call it yeah. ever since. But yeah, Chatham's Chatham's a great small town. You know, my dad played here and he actually was the assistant coach for the high school team. And then when I played, we, we got our, our team or our town's first ever state championship. And so that was oh, cool nice. to like grow up here and yeah, play here in Chatham nice. state championship. And then, and yeah, the rest was history. Honestly, just a lot, a lot of hockey, a lot of rinks. I have to give my parents a, a ton of credit. You know, they did so much for me, sacrificed for me. We, we used to practice at, I think our high school slot was five forty-five a.m. Ooh. So like, yeah, That's before rough. school, yeah, we, even, yeah, the youth hockey, we had some 6am games. So yeah, like my, my parents are the best, like they've done so much for me and, and my sister too, like just the rides and the time and the care. And it's, you know, yeah. I wouldn't be here without them. No, it takes a village, man. And for anyone to even play, like you've played professional hockey, um, which is a huge accomplishment, no matter what level you're at. Um, so the sacrifices people make and and then, you know, in moments like this, you have to give thanks to those people because, yeah, like you said, instrumental and uh, a huge part of, of where you're at today. Mm -hmm, definitely. And then honestly, the probably the weirdest, I guess, story of my like childhood hockey was that I was a goalie. Right. So I, I played triple A goalie till wow. Bantam. And then, and then I started, yeah, my playing out, like I'd always play in the spring, like roller hockey or like, you know, spring hockey and like skate yeah. out. But yeah, like I played my, my youth travel hockey as a triple A goalie. And it was just funny. Like the other, my goalie partner was really good. So I would only play like, you know, 40, maybe 50% of the games if I was right. you know, on fire. And I was like, why, why am I doing this? I don't want to go. I want to play every game. That's interesting because I mean, I'm looking at your, your stats as a kid and it didn't take you long to catch up. That's for sure. Cause, uh, <laughs> playing you 16, I guess, I mean, this was this your, your real introduction to, um, you know, a high level where you thought, well, I guess I can do this uh, at this position. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I left, I was on the junior devils and then I went to the rockets to like start my player career <laughs> yeah then, uh, you know the rock the rockets of new jersey rockets are pretty big time they've been you know they win national championships and they're pretty intense but then the north jersey avalanche was really what was taking off and they've right. had some great players like brett pesci one of my teammates plays for the carolina hurricanes we've had a yeah. bunch of other nhl guys and so yeah like going there for u16 that was my first year of u16 uh i actually got cut so i didn't make the team Mm -hmm. And then like halfway through the year, I was doing well. And they called me up and we went to the finals of nationals. We beat like Jacob Truba and cop when they were on CompuWare. And then, right. you know, yeah, we were playing all these guys. And I was like, wow, like, you know, that that's when I first saw it was okay. Like 
you know, I always wanted to be a professional hockey player, but that was when I really thought, okay, like, wow, I need to start thinking about what school do I want to go to? How do right. I want to do this? Like, yeah, okay. get, you know, get an agent, a advisor, all that stuff. Right. And can you explain a little bit to me um, as an ignorant Canadian, uh, a little bit about the USHL? Like when you started as a, I guess, 16 year old or 15 year old, uh, were these just kind of development programs where you were kind of playing elite level with elite talent? How, do, how does it work? Yeah, I mean, all of your the local teams, you know, there's different leagues and stuff, but I would say, yeah, like in your area, there's usually like a top tier triple A team and mm-hmm. you'll play that through, they have it through U18, but most guys just kind of play through U16 and then do the junior hockey. Cause right. even, you know, we've had a couple guys from our organization, like go to London Knights or, uh, what's the other one? Uh, so they won the, they won the Mem cup too. Who was, Oh, I think it was Oshawa. Yeah, my area is OHL, so I'm not right. I don't yeah. have any Cape Breton Q fan, friends, but uh, <laughs> you yeah, will. so you, you know, will well, soon, there, <laughs> but there, you know, there's a couple different paths. There's, there's, yeah. I'm fortunate, there's a lot of rinks here and there's a lot of hockey. <laughs> there's, there's no right path for everyone, but for me, mm-hmm. it was like, you know, you play AAA, you go get to a boarding school, so like a prep school for hockey, yeah. like in New England, and that's where I, that was chode. It was an awesome experience for me. So I kind mm-hmm. of finished my high school there and then I committed to Cornell from there. And Cornell was like, Hey, like, you know, we really want you to play junior hockey. And that's where the USHL comes in. And okay. the USHL is, is awesome. I mean, it's, it's, they, it's called tier one. It's like the highest level of junior hockey in America. Mm-hmm. And that's where like the USA program is in that league. And it's, it was pretty small when I was there. I want to say it was like 14 teams. Yeah. But it's a little bigger now. Maybe they're like 18 or 19, but yeah, like that's, that's where I played against Jack Eichel. Right. And those guys like, awesome. so it's, it was cool to, to, you know, to play that competition and it really prepares you for, for college. Like, you know, you got a 60 right. game season, the guys are wearing half shields, there's fighting. Like it's honestly, it's one of the highest levels I've played at just because mm-hmm. of the, the competition and how dense it is. Like every guy's committed D one or going to be committed D one. Right. And did you have a big decision to make and who helped you come to the decision to um, go the route of university hockey and choosing Cornell? Yeah. I mean, I was pretty fortunate just, you know, my parents are both involved in academia and they wanted to obviously make sure that I was set up for after hockey. And so education is really big and they, you know, they were just happy if I went anywhere to play hockey and, you know, get a little financial help (laughs) to do it. But it was, it was really my, my coach at, at showed his name's Pat Dennehy. He was an awesome mentor to me, but he basically said, he's like, Hey, like, you're going to have your pick of where you want to go. Basically, you know, not, not that I could go anywhere, but he's like, Hey, like, you know, you're instrumental in this process. Where do you want to go? How do I help you? Let me reach out to some colleges for you. And he was like, I, I really think you should think about the Ivy league because, mm-hmm. you know, at that time, like Harvard and Cornell were so good. And then literally right after I committed, like Yale won the national championship. So like that league's been great. Like the, even in Quinnipiac plays in that league, the yep. ECAC. So they just won the national championship. And so, yeah, I was like, no, no, you're right. Like, this is incredible. And then started going on some visits, you know, did like Princeton, Yale, Harvard. And then I, I remember I went to a Cornell game and they were playing Dartmouth. And like, I don't know if you've heard about it or seen the rink like lineup, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, yeah. a, it's incredible. It's like 4,500 people. The students are standing the whole game, chanting the band. And like they, they won in Cornell won in overtime. And I was like, Oh my God, the building erupted. And I was like, where do I sign? Like, <laughs> how do I come here? This is incredible. Yeah. That's cool, man. So it was, uh, I guess it was an easy decision to choose university hockey at the, how old were you? Were you like a 19 year old just heading to university or no, had you stayed an extra a, year? A junior? Little, I was a little younger. So it was 2011. So yeah, I, I was, I was, I committed at 17 and I was supposed to go in 2013. Like I was supposed yeah. to be, you know, finish, I was going to play one year of junior and then go in. And then yeah. I actually, I tore my labrum in my mm-hmm. shoulder. So in junior. So yeah. So that, that one year, I guess it was what 2012, I only played like 25 or 30 games. And, uh, so then I was like, got a surgery and I was like, okay, I want to go back, play another year of junior hockey. So I could be more prepared for college and then go. And then honestly, looking back, I kind of wish I had aged out. Like, so I went to college at 20, but yeah. you're allowed to go at 21 for university. Right. So I kind of wish I played even one, one, one yeah. more year. Cause my freshman year, I barely, I barely played. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I had the same surgery. I had tore my labrum as well. 
Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, so you finish off, uh, obviously had a, a great time at Cornell and you ended up being captain, which says a lot about who you are and your character as a player. Um, tell me a little bit about that and you know, what that meant to you to wear this, wear the C at Cornell. Yeah, no, it was, it was a great honor. Honestly, I was just back. We had our five year reunion last weekend and it, okay. was, it was incredible so, yeah, mm -hmm. to see my classmates, teammates, like it, the culture there is, is just amazing. It's, you know, it's, you have to work hard for everything, obviously, but just the level of compete and the details that they have there, like they, they always talk about like the structure gives you confidence mm -hmm. and it's, it was incredible. Mike Shaver has done a great job. He's been there for so long, 20 plus years. They've, they've won a lot. They've had great alumni. Oh my God. With, you know, like Colin Greening, Matt Molson, Newendike, like they've had some mm -hmm. big time hockey guys there where the yeah. C. And so, you know, I was just, you know, I'm fortunate that my, my teammates kind of saw that in me and I was happy to lead them. We had, we went on some great runs, you know, we had a couple of big wins against Harvard, went to the finals of our league, went to NCAA tournament. And yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, my, my last game, we were, we lost to BU. It's, I still think about it. It's awful, you know, like losing NCAAs to, to Boston university, like one of our arch rivals. Yeah. Yeah, we've, we've had some, yeah, some great, some great games. And, uh, I was fortunate too. We, we play at Madison square garden every year mm -hmm. and, uh, we actually beat BU that time for that that it's like the Ned Harkness, Ned Harkness trophy. And so, yeah, that was cool to get the cop and skate around at MSG. That was awesome. Awesome, man. I mean, I know you had a really great team your final year. You guys won the regular season championship. Um, was it like, a little bit uh, harder pill to swallow to, uh, to not go all the way that season? Yeah, kind of. I mean, it was, it was just unfortunate. Cause honestly it was, it was like a place we had never been before. Like as, as right. weird as that sounds like, you know, usually, I mean, obviously we were, we had good teams, but we never finished like first in the league. And then even at the NCAAs, mm -hmm. we were a one seed. And right. so it was crazy. We had just like, I don't know. I just remember there was just all these interviews and camera crews and like, it was usually, you know, Cornell's kind of the underdog, you know, and you like sneak into the tournament and you, you know, you can win a couple games, but yeah, like we, we showed up and John Butchergrass is interviewing us and like ESPN <laughs> everywhere. And yeah. I just remember kind of some of the guys were just like, Oh, like this is so cool. And I was like, yeah, but like we, we kind of need to dial it in here. You know, we got Brady Kachuk and all these guys from BU coming in. Like we should, we kind of, <laughs> kind of need to focus, but you know, yeah. and, and it's, it's playoff hockey though. You know, it, like we lost two to one, like it comes down to one block shot, one pinch, one big play. And yeah. you know, and we should have just, we should have scored more. That's, you know, kind of, kind of falls <laughs> on me. <laughs> well, I mean, isn't that the story? I mean, and, and NCAA hockey is all at that level. When you get to the tournament, it's like, you know, it's so tight. The games are so close. Scoring is like, I look at like playoff scores and I follow it. You know, I wouldn't say I follow it closely. It's not that easy to follow it here in Hong Kong. So I'm seeing highlights and I'm seeing scores and I'm just like, it's just always so tight and so competitive. Yeah. Well, it's just, you know, that that's what makes the game so great. You know I mean? I think this year, I don't know if you watched it, but it was like Quinnipiac, Michigan, Michigan was up two to one with like three minutes left, Yeah, you know, and then Quinnipiac, they tied and win in overtime. Like it's, it's, it's so cool how, you know, one play can change the game, but it, it also hurts when you're on the other end, you know, like I, if it was up to me, we'd be doing seven game series, like the Cape right. Breton screaming Eagles. There you go. See another Cape Breton reference. You're going to have all kinds <laughs> of emails come from Cape Bretoners after this interview. <laughs> um, I hope so. Yeah. So, uh, you finished off your final season at Cornell. Uh, what were your options and how did you end up? Um, I don't know where you started that season, whether it was in Wheeling or Atlanta, mm -hmm. but, uh, tell me a little bit about how that started and yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, it's pretty weird. Like it's, you really don't have much time to reflect on, uh, you know, losing on, on your, you know, four years of college and all, mm -hmm. all the stuff. Like I remember the next day, I, you know, I had like an advisor who's basically like an agent and he was like the next day after we lost, he was like, yeah, like, you know, I'm going to try to get you into the American hockey league. And then if not, you know, we want you to play in some playoff games in the ECHL. And right. I'm like, wow. Like, okay. I was like, this is fast. Yeah. I thought we'd like, you know, do something, <laughs> wait till the fall. But right. uh, yeah, I remember he was like, he just called and said, Hey, like Atlanta, the Atlanta gladiators, they were the minor league affiliate of the Bruins. And he was right. like, Hey, you know, they need guys bad. He's like, they have a ton of injuries. He's like, you'll come in, you'll play second line. And he's like, he's like, I trust the coach. The coach actually used to play or used to coach in the ECAC as well. Okay. Uh, I want to say at, at RPI. 
And so he was like, yeah, like he's like a good guy. And he's like, yeah, you're going to guarantee to play in the actual playoffs. And to me, that was right. cool. Cause I was like, I don't want to go somewhere wow. for the regular no season. Time to just, think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just like, Hey, like that's, I trust you. Like this sounds great. And I, it was a great move. Like, honestly, I'm so happy that I played, you know, pro hockey, like after my senior year. Cause then I was so much more prepared for the fall. Right. So, yeah, so I went to Atlanta, we, you know, we lost in the first round, but it was, it was just a great experience. Right. And then I remember in the summer, yeah, in the summer, he was okay. Like the, the coach left from Atlanta. I don't even remember where he went, but he left. And then <laughs> the, in the summer, it was between like Manchester Monarchs, Wheeling Nailers, or uh, the South Carolina Stingrays. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, basically my uh, same thing, like my agent said, okay, the Wheeling Nailers, they have a, a new coach. His name, it was, it was Mark Dennehy at the time. I think he coaches mm-hmm. in the American league now, but he was coming from Merrimack and I had played them a bunch, like played right. against them with, with Cornell. And I was like, Oh, so he knows me. Like I should go there. And yeah. then it's just funny because, you know, he didn't even make it to like the fall before he got a new job. Oh, <laughs> so, shit. So, so then, but yeah, well, I mean, but still whatever, I was still signed. Yeah, I, you know, still I go there. to camp and I was like, it's, so I was like, it's the wheeling nailers, like of, of yeah. all the ECHL teams, I think yeah. like maybe it's Paul Bissonette, but like, they're the most well-known yeah. ECHL course, team. I that's think. why and so I was like, this yeah. is, yeah, honestly, I was like, this is cool. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's a great little hockey town. Like there's not a ton of people or not a lot to do, but like the hockey mm-hmm. is the thing. And that's what brings yeah. everyone together. And it, it was, it was awesome. The penguins like top to bottom. That was when the penguins were winning the cups. And so like, you know, we got to practice at Le- the Lemieux complex all the time. And like, there were guys on the, from the wheeling nailers who actually won cops with the penguins, which was so cool. So I was like, Oh, this is awesome. Like they use right. the whole system. And I was like, yeah, I went and I loved it. And then in classic hockey fashion, it's, you know, that coach who wanted me in the summer from the Manchester Monarchs traded for me in like February. And okay. Was, That's how it know, happened. It, it didn't. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't take too long, but yeah, it's just, it's just funny how it all works. Like, you know, I could have been in Manchester, you know, Honestly, I could have been there like my whole first couple of years, but then just right. how it all shook out with the, with the trade, it was wheeling to Manchester. Wheel Hub Asia is committed to building community and bringing accessibility to inline hockey players in Southeast Asia. They've just started a new program called Three Inline, which is Hong Kong's first three-on-three inline hockey league. Wheel Hub Asia stands for professionalism and collaboration. For inline hockey players, by inline hockey players. For all your inline hockey needs, head to their website at wheelhubasia.com. And then you went on to a couple more teams. Is there is there one team or one? I've heard a lot of stories about the coast and how professional it is now compared to how it used to be run and how players are treated and blah blah blah. A lot of a lot of horror stories. But I mean, is there was there an, an organization that stood out and and why would that be? Yeah, I would I would say my my top two were Wheeling and the, and then the Indy Fuel. Like Indianapolis was an incredible city for a minor okay. league team. You know, like. Because it's, it's a, it's a major league city, you know, like with the Colts, the NFL and the NBA team they have there, like it's, mm-hmm. it's an awesome city. And they, it were, they were pretty new. I want to say they were maybe like five or six years in, but, but the owner and the staff there, like they, they care about the players. Like the, right. the apartments are top notch. The travel's amazing. The food's awesome. Like they, they were great. And so honestly, Indy, Indy kind of has my heart. That was like a second home for me. And I, I love yeah. playing there. And even through the, the pandemic, like that was a the thing they, they were willing to play through the pandemic where, you know, they're probably losing money at every game with like right. the reduced capacity. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, like it was, it was top notch. Like I saying we, I didn't have any horror stories there. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. And our, our teams were great and, you know, guys moved on to the American league or to Europe. And that's the thing like Indy was an awesome place for me. I guess that I probably played the most games there of any place. I, yeah, I had basically like two full years there. And it was right. awesome. That's really cool. And I mean, at that time, are you thinking, am I going to, what am I going to do? Am I going to stay in the East coast for the next 10 years? Um, I mean, obviously in 2021 was your last year with, with Indy. Um, what, what sparked the change and and how did you end up moving to, uh, to Sweden? Yeah. Well, honestly, when, when I first started pro hockey, I was like, Oh, I'll play a couple of years in the coast, a couple of years in the American league, and then I'll yeah. be in the NHL in no time. Yes. And, and yeah. you know, and I, you know, I wasn't naive. Like I understood that 
there's there's great players everywhere, but the problem is yeah. it's just a numbers game. And so yeah. for me, like, you know, I'd been to NHL rookie camps, development camps, AHL tryout camps, and it's like, you know, you you do it for so long. And I was, yeah, I was there for three years and I was I just felt like I wasn't getting where I wanted to go. You know, mm-hmm. like obviously everyone wants to make the NHL, but even I just want I just felt like it. I was doing the same thing over and over again and not getting the result I wanted. And so I was like, okay, I need to change. I need to change this. So I was like, Hey, like I wanted to, you know, I I basically reached out to like an agency who handles Europe and, you know, I was like, Hey, like, what are my options? What can I do? And, and they said that there's some good opportunities in Sweden. And it, it was true. Like, honestly, I wouldn't say if you want to go to the NHL that leaving North America is like the best idea. The best idea. Yeah. But yeah. No, but it, it, that, you know, that's certainly not the case, but there are, are, there are, there are other avenues to the NHL other than the, of course. the minor leagues. And so that's why I was like, okay, like, let me see what Europe is like. And honestly, even by worst case, I can play in Europe for the rest of my career and it'll be awesome. Yeah. And so, yeah, like he was like, yeah, let's go to Sweden. It's a great opportunity. The league's amazing. Like the, the players are amazing. And, and he was right. Like, I think that league in, in Sweden, the Alsvenskan, that's like the second league, like right under the SHL. That was probably the highest level of hockey I've ever played. Like the players right. are unbelievable, man. Like the rinks are like oceans. Like they're so yeah. big and so yeah. wide and they skate, they skate so well, but you see it like even, you know, Sweden's yeah. always in the conversation for the Olympic gold. Oh, of and course. They great players, yeah. the Sedins and Backstrom. Yeah. So yeah, like yeah. going over there was awesome. And so it was, it was funny how it all, you know, well, I guess we'll probably go into it in a bit. It was funny yeah. how it all shook out after, but like going to Europe, it was a no brainer. It was like, you know, a new brand of hockey. It was exciting. And it was, I was, I was so excited to get over there. Before we get to that though, you just kind of brushed past the fact that you've been at a few NHL and AHL rookie camps. Uh, tell me a couple of your experiences or maybe about your first one or memorable moments. Uh, it's pretty funny because they've, they've just changed a lot. So like uh, my first one I in 2012, so like my draft year, like I, yeah. I didn't get drafted, but I got some calls to go to camps and uh, I'm, you know, I'm a Ranger fan and the Rangers called. And so I was like, okay, obviously I want to go to that camp, but yeah. I wasn't really thinking that like John Tortorella was the coach. <laughs> oh, geez. So yeah, you know, a pretty notorious hard ass. Yeah. So, you know, that that camp compared to I went to the Sharks camp like during college like San Jose Sharks and they were just like two polar opposites like the <laughs> yeah. Rangers it was any anyone on a an entry level contract had to go so right. like an NHL rookie so we had like JT Miller Dylan McElrath Jesper Fast like the lineup was insane the guys were yeah. so good and it was like two a days we're doing like off oh, ice man. training we're running like there was so much testing. I remember yeah. we, were, we did this one test. It was like, it was eight laps. Ice as eight fast as you can. And I, and I know. And I was like, I, I mean, I guess maybe it's like a shift because you're supposed to do it in like less than a minute, but it, it was right. like, people are dying and like, yeah, yeah. But it, it was cool. I mean, man, it was, it was awesome. It was so cool to be there and to wear the reindeer yeah. gear and the sweater and like, it was awesome. But then going to San Jose was, was a little better. Like they, we had a couple big names there cause they were young. I'm trying to think like Kevin LeBang, Timo Meyer yep. was there, mm-hmm. but you know, that one was a little better. It was like, okay, let's go do a workout on the beach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. A three on three tournament. Cause I think now they're, you know, the NHL understands like, you know, we don't need to grind these players down. Like this is a development thing. Like, you know, they're rookies. Like we should, help them make them better. So yeah, like San Jose was cool. And I'm sure now, but you know, in the summer of 2023, they're probably doing one ice session a day, maybe a couple workouts and then just more teaching about nutrition and how to handle right. your body and stuff. But yeah. Like it was, it was cool. I mean, man, yeah, I've played with some great players and done some really cool things. And, you know, I've just, just been fortunate that it's been such a good ride. You know, I've had so much fun and met so many great people. Well, the moral of that story is that John Tortorell's uh, reputation is on, is on point. <laughs> on brand no 100 <laughs> yeah. percent. but honestly I, I i think if anyone can turn the flyers around it is him like i I'm, i don't think players should be afraid of a hard coach you know like he he's, just he just expects the best of you and, and wants you to be better it's not it's not that hard he's turned a lot around a lot of teams you just can't you can't do that for too long that message wears out uh after a few years but oh, he's, yeah, the no, mas- he's, he's the master at it exactly. i mean he's won a couple jack adams i mean come on Oh um, yeah. And like the cup with Tampa Bay, like he, he started the whole Southern, you know, revolution in hockey. Yeah. He certainly was a big part of it. Um, before we get to Sweden though, uh, if you could name a player 
the best player you ever played with just who's who comes to mind right away man uh, there's a lot for so many different reasons but i mean yeah like john gaudreau johnny hockey's pretty good let me tell yeah, you he's, like, all, just, he's all right he's from south he's from <laughs> yeah nhl all-star but no they're yeah. just just like the way he plays though too like i, I don't know he's he's from jersey and i i played with his brother in the ushl and then we always do stuff in the summer and yeah. you know he's such a good guy but just you know the way he plays he's so dynamic you know oh, like yeah. he, every time he has the puck like anything can happen and that's kind of the same thing too with who are oh man like those yeah those guys in the development camps too like obviously timo meyer and jt miller they're big time but even mm-hmm. even some of my cornell teammates like cole bardrow he he was a senior when i was a freshman he won like the gold medal at the world juniors and he's mm-hmm. played in some nhl games he scored his first nhl goal on a penalty shot wow. and that was cool but man he yeah he was just so strong and just so gritty like the most tenacious four checker and penalty killer. Like he, you know, that's the thing. He's one of the hardest workers you'll ever play with. And he's a guy like you always want on your team. So right. that's the thing. Like there's been some, some great guys, man. It's hard to, to, to single yeah. out too. even like, and then even defense, sorry, even defensively. Yeah. I'd say, yeah, Brett, Brett Pesci mm-hmm. just never gets beat. You know, the best stick, like a two on one, he'll bat out the saucer pass every time. Right. never gets beat. <laughs> And then, and then, yeah, then Alex Lyon, my, the Florida Panther in the net. I'm, look at me. I'm making like a, an all-star team of, <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking of how many of these, how many of these, how many of these guys you're going to introduce me to is for future podcasts. Get them on the pod. Yeah. I'm like marking it oh, down they'll, they'll here do on my it. phone. Like, yeah, who are these guys? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so you obviously have been around a lot of talent. You've been around the game a long time and some of the cool parts. And you mentioned like being in the small, smaller markets in the east coast league but you're it in town um and i think that's kind of the story like that i'm getting that i get from most people who played in europe is you're the big ticket in town if it's not like a huge soccer city or town or whatever it is you're the ticket in town and fans are passionate and the stories and i've seen it firsthand here in asia i've never seen live hockey uh, in europe but just the passion that they have for live sports and and what was that first year like? I mean, uh, going to Sweden and a completely different culture, completely different atmosphere of hockey. Tell me a bit about that. Sweden is so cool because it, it really is like the hockey country. Like I would say hockey is the number one sport. And so yeah. the way that a lot of the clubs set up is that, that, you know, just say on a given Saturday, you know, the men's team, the, the pro team will play at seven o'clock. But yeah. then, you know, the jun- the junior team will play at five. And the U18 team will play at three and then right. the 16 like it. And it trickles down. Cause I remember we'd go to the rink for morning skate. And after our morning skate would be like, you know, the mites and squirts. And so there's just all day it leads up. And then all day, these people sit at the rink and they wait for the, for the men's game. And then they mm-hmm. stand on their feet all game. They're chanting all game. They have the big flags they are waving. It's, it's honestly incredible. Like it's so cool how they have it set up. And two, also in Sweden, they have, I want to say it's like Wednesday, Friday and Thursday, Saturday for like the hockey Al Svenskin, which is the second league will play yeah. two of those games. And then the SHL will play the other two games. So like from right. Wednesday to Saturday, there's always hockey on TV at night. It's on every, every station, every bar, everyone's playing it. You know, everyone's just obsessed. It's, it's cool because you know, it's just so much camaraderie and there's so, you know, all the rivalries with the towns and the teams. And it, it was, it was cool, man. You, you go to an opposing arena and you're going to get booed. You're going to get heckled. Yeah. Like it was oh, big time. And, you know, yeah. And if you lose a home game to a rival, like you're going to hear about it, even from, you know, I'm walking to get lunch and they're like, you guys suck. <laughs> you yeah. should have won router. You should have scored. I was like, you're right. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Um, and it seems like you played on a couple other teams. You ended up in Slovakia and Denmark. You did one, one season in Sweden. Um, how did that come to an end and how did those other opportunities pop up for you? Yeah. So it's, it's pretty weird. Whenever, whenever I have a season where I, where I move around, it's, it's not just once it's usually a few times, but yeah. Uh, the Slovakia thing was like Sweden until Christmas. And you know, my family was there and it was just, it was an unfortunate situation just where like, I wasn't playing very much. Like I was right. in and out of the lineup. Like even if I, even if I dressed like over there, they dress 13 forwards and 70. 
Okay. So, you know, like normally, you know, yeah. North America is 12 and six. So yeah, like yeah. if you're that extra player, you just don't play. So there were some games I would dress and not play a second. Okay. And so I was like this, like, it, it, honestly, it was such a great experience. And I was loving it, but I was like, man, like I, I want to play. And then I play. actually started yeah. getting like, yeah, I was getting calls from these teams and, and I was like, I was like, Oh, I, I thought they were not joking, but I was like, Oh, this can't be legit. Maybe it's just like a scam or something. And, but then yeah, I, I, this guy from Slovakia kept like texting me and calling me and I was like, okay, like I should, you know, reach out and see what was going on. And I was like, yeah, Hey, like, you know, am I, you know, do you really want me to come? And they're like, yeah, we need guys. Like we're trying to, you know, trying to make playoffs. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Like it, mm-hmm. it sounds like a good setup. Like, you know, and I wanted to play. So I, you know, I was unhappy and I talked to my agents and, and the team in Sweden. I was like, Hey, like I, I, I want to leave. I'm not playing. And they're like, yeah, they, they totally understood. And they were cool. They released me from my contract. I signed in Slovakia. And so, yeah, I think mm-hmm. like I had Christmas, Christmas in Sweden. And then I was in Slovakia on like the 26th or the 27th, wow. you know, meeting all these new guys. And, yeah. And then that, and like all the leagues are sorry, all the leagues are just a little different, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, and it was cool. I mean, yeah, like the, the Slovakian hockey was hard nosed. Like it was all about protecting right. the puck and owning the puck, and it was a physical game. All those guys are big and strong and like, you know, and it was, it was gritty. And like the, the team I was on was awesome. They were great. Spiska Nova Vest, same kind of thing, like a smaller, small market, but like passionate fans. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> I think I was only there for maybe like, a month or six weeks. I don't remember, but you know, same thing happens. There's like a, there's a deadline in Europe to yeah. switch teams and like sign new players. And one of my teammates from the wheeling nailers was playing in Denmark mm-hmm. and they, they had one, they had somebody to get hurt. So they had one more import spot on the roster and he was, and they were like second place in the league. They were trying to win the whole thing. And he was like, man, like, I don't know if you're willing to leave, but like, I, it'd be awesome if you would come over here. And I yeah. was like, like I've already, I already left once. It's why not? Let's do it. Let's yeah. try to win the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's so then cool. at, the, at the, no, it was so cool. Uh, the European deadline, I went to Denmark. And so Denmark yeah. is also in Scandinavia, similar to Sweden. Yeah. And Sondra mm-hmm. Yuska, like the, the fans there are un- <laughs> unbelievable. It's so cool to have like a, a player of the game after the game. And then all the fans like in the middle of the rink and like they're chanting your name and it all, oh, it's, it's incredible over there. And I, I wish <laughs> that one, or that one, I feel bad about too. That's like losing a Cornell. I feel bad about losing in Denmark because we had the team to do it. Like we were the best team in the league. Uh, I thought on paper, yeah. and we actually, the team that won the playoffs, we had beat them like, like handily the, I think it was two, three or four to one, like a week before the playoffs. So I was like, I feel, right. we felt so good. And then we got upset. Yeah. We lost, we were this two seed. We lost to the seven in game seven, double. Oh, overtime. No. Oh no. I know. And we, and we were up three, we were up three, two, like, yeah, like we had, Ugh. we had so many chances to close them out and it, we heartbreaker. I know, but Look, yeah, man, no, winning, winning, winning the opportunity year. to win championships and winning championships. It doesn't get old. It's never to be overrated. It's, it's, it's always something that, you know, not everyone gets to experience no matter what the level is. It's like, I tell people all the time, like, just appreciate it. You know, like even the opportunity, like you said, um, and, and what happened after that? I mean, did you have opportunities to stay in Europe? And I guess we'll move on to, your current destination, which uh, is in Yokohama, Japan. I mean, that's pretty mm-hmm. wild. Um, how did that happen? Yeah. I mean, basically how it, how it shook out was that I would have loved to return to Denmark in the, yeah. the first Sondra Yuska. That would have been amazing. But then basically the, the staff there wasn't too pleased with, uh, you know, the core group of imports. And so they, you know, they made a lot of changes, you know, like when you don't win, you know, change happens and it's, yeah. it's understandable. And so, yeah, they, they didn't want me to go back there. And so there were, I had some other options in Europe that I could have looked into, but basically I, I had a former teammate of mine, Matt Nuttall. He was, he okay. went to Cornell and he played for the Yokohama grants. Yeah. So in their yeah. first ever season and okay. I was talking to him and he was like, man, like, he's like, Japan is incredible. He was like, you, if you went there, I think you would love it. It's like the best place to play. And I was, and he went during COVID. He was at like peak COVID. They couldn't do anything. And he loved his experience. And I was like, wow, like if everything's open now, like it's probably going to be 10 times better. Like I, I should, you know, I should hear this guy out and give him a call. Mm -hmm. So I talked to Takashi. I don't know if you met Miko, you probably crossed paths with him a little in in Hong Kong, Takashi Miko Shiba. And so he's like the GM of the grits. And, uh, he did his business school at Dartmouth. So he's, you know, very Americanized, speaks great English. And 
yeah. you know, we had a call and he was like, Hey, you know, we're, we only have two import spots, but you know, we really, we need more than a player. You know, we need someone who's going to help our staff, help the team, help the other players, you know, like they were, they were a new team last season was only their third season. Right. And he was like, yeah, he's like, you know, we, we're looking, you know, we're looking for someone who can contribute in many ways. And I was like, honestly, that's, that's incredible. Like I would love Great to help grow the game in Asia. Yeah. Exactly. It was so cool. And I was like, I can't turn this down. Like this is, this is awesome. And then, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping, hoping to go for year two in the fall. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. That's really exciting, man. I love to hear that so much. And I had Chris Wakabayashi on the show a couple seasons ago, who's a coach of the Freeblades, is it? Um, so I know a little bit about the league and I know a little bit about the competitiveness of the Japan of the, it's called the Asia league ice hockey. Right. So I know a little bit about yeah. it, but yeah, a lot of our, a lot of people that listen might not know about a, a lot about the league and you had a, a tremendous first year with this team, like 40 points in 40 games. That must've been a real refreshing opportunity for you to contribute offensively and, you know, kind of rejuvenate your scoring touch a little bit. Tell me a little bit about that and the level of hockey in, in Japan. When we're not talking about hockey on Across the Pond, we're usually listening to music. And after the number of hours our headphones spend on our sweaty ear holes, they usually need a little bit of TLC. Luckily, our buddy Brandon from Accessory House Global is there to help. If you're in need of replacement cables, ear pads, or heck, even a brand new carrying case, this is the one-stop shop you need to visit. Check them out on Instagram at TheRealAHG or visit their website at AccessoryHouseGlobal.com. You can even get a 20% discount on your first purchase by typing in ATP20. Tell them across the pond sent ya. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it gets enough credit. So, I mean, the, the Asia league has really gone through so many transformations because mm-hmm. obviously with everything going on in Russia politically, like they don't want to let that Russian team play who usually is in the league. And then mm-hmm. there were multiple teams in China, I guess, you know, preparing the players for the Olympics and stuff. So they, yeah, they've had anywhere between two and three teams from China play in the Asia league. And then same thing with South Korea. So like, Usually there's, I would say there's almost, you know, around 10 or 12 teams. And then right now, just because of after COVID and financially and everything, like we only have six, we might get a seventh. They're still working on that, but right. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. you basically take a 12 team league and merge it into six. And so like the level's super high, there's a bunch of guys who have played in the, in the AHL, ECHL, you know, every team, now they're going to get three imports per team. So there's a lot of, there'll be a lot of North Americans playing this year, I think. And like, top to bottom, it's pretty good. You know what I mean? Like I would say the only flaw in the Asia league is just, you know, the access to hockey, you know, like all right. the guys skate well, they stick handle well. It's just, they, they don't have a ton of rinks, so they don't get to practice as often. And, and yeah. they don't have the same high level coaching that we have here. You know, we got guys here breaking down every shift, every turn, mm-hmm. every pass, all the hockey sense and the hockey IQ stuff. And over yeah. there, it's, there aren't that many guys teaching it. So that's why it's good. Yeah. Guys like you are out there refing, coaching, teaching the guys yeah. and, it's, it's so cool. And so that's, that's kind of what I wanted to get into is, you know, help these guys over there. And, and they're so passionate about learning too, which is the coolest part. Cause I know, you know, the rivalries are so intense. Like we have so many one goal games and the overtime yeah. and the shootouts and everything. And like, but the guys on my team, like from day one to the last day of the season, like the transformation was insane. Like there's all yeah. these, now all these guys want to go to North America and play and they want to try to get, you know, turn pro here. And like, it's, it's cool to see how, how far they've come. Cause they, they get so much better so fast and it's, it's incredible to be a part of. Yeah, man, the growth of the game over here has been, you know, it's, go, it's growing a lot, but you can't replace like what you just said, the hockey IQ and the hockey sense of living, breathing, eating hockey, talking about it on your bus trips and hotels and weekends and like all those things that they don't experience here. And a lot of it is like, mm-hmm. Um, you know, skill-based and in, even individualized coaching where you, you'll see one-on-one or one-on-two coaching and the whole team aspect of the game is is kind of the, the part that's growing. I'll, I'll put it that mm-hmm. way. But I mean, and, and, you know, it takes decades for this to be to be taught and to be learned. And and we kind of just take it for granted. And, you know, like someone who grew mm-hmm. up in a hockey town or a hockey family, the culture is not something that everybody grasps right away. But the skill mm-hmm. level, like you said, there's like beautiful skaters, beautiful, skilled hockey players over here 
who just need mm-hmm. opportunities and and they're coming. The opportunities are just growing and growing and growing. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really excited for you to, to be in Japan and, and be a part of that. Cause like you said, it's, it's not just about the game for you personally. It's a lot more than that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then even, even at the tournament in Hong Kong, you know, yeah. that one kid did like a Michigan, the other yeah. kids going between the legs, <laughs> dangling everyone. I'm like, these kids are like eight years old. These little, you know, Asian kids are scoring these goals and that's, that's the thing. Like they, they have the people and the drive, you know, you just, you got to give them the right direction and the path. And yeah. so, yeah, like I, I think you'll be seeing a lot of really good Asian hockey players, even some of the guys in NHL from Asian descent, like Jason Robertson had a big year, yeah. like there's Suzuki, like there's a lot of really good guys out there. So yeah, yeah. it's, it's such a cool experience. And I, yeah, I'm honestly, I'm just lucky to be one of the three imports, you know, it's, it's cool to, to get that opportunity. And I, and I think the grits, are going to take a big step last year. I think, you know, the year before I got there, I think they had two wins. They were last place. Mm-hmm. And then last year we finished fifth. We had 11 wins. Like I think this year we hopefully make the playoffs. It should be pretty good. That's awesome, man. And uh, I'll definitely be watching. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about the greater Bay championships where we met just a few weeks ago. Uh, it was certainly a big event here in Hong Kong in the hockey world. I mean, a lot of people were looking forward to this and, and an opportunity to have the highest level hockey that we've had in the city um, coming here with the pro team. Um, you guys put on a really great showing and, you know, it was funny because as I was, I knew I'd be wrapping all your guys games. And so at the beginning I was like, I want to skate over to the coaches. I want to introduce myself. You know, I want to talk to them a little bit about the quirkiness of the rink and DB. And, and, and I was getting a lot of, mm, mm, mm. A lot <laughs> I, knew of those, I knew exactly where this was right? going. <laughs> so this was going for like five minutes. I'm talking to these guys. And at the end, I, I just said to myself, they didn't, they didn't understand a word I said. So I turn around and I start watching you guys warm up and I'm like, that's the guy I'm going to talk to. And it was you, you were just smiling and having a good time. And and I'm like, I'm going to go talk to that guy. And the first thing you said was like, they don't, they don't speak a word of English. So how's that challenge? <laughs> What's that been like for you playing with, with an, a lot of Japanese guys and a lot of them didn't seem to speak a lot of English. Oh no, not a lot of English. It's, it's a lot, it's a lot of hand gestures. It's a lot yeah. of like drawing. It's a lot of yeah. video, but uh, I mean, I'll, I'll get back to the English, but I, I definitely want to touch on, you know, the greater Bay championships. I mean, people are yeah. talking about the Stanley cup, but did, did you oh, see yeah. the grits game versus the Hong Kong tigers at the greater Bay oh, championships? Time. I mean, and shout out on, to it was, our, our sponsor, the China hockey group for putting on a great event and, and power play sports and entertainment with Keith Fong. I mean, you guys got to yeah. experience it. I mean, tell me what it was like for you to play in a tournament here in Hong Kong in a shopping mall. Man, it, it was incredible. Yeah. Like I'm laughing, but I, I had so much fun. Like it was honestly yeah. the, the coolest thing. Like the place was yeah. packed the youth yeah. hockey all day, the adult, like the adult leagues, like that was cool to see too. Like that team from Russia and yeah. like it was, the whole thing was amazing. Like, you know, first class, like, I mean, you know, staying at the, that the resort, the hotel was awesome and an easy shuttle to the rink. And it obviously yeah. Yeah, you're, the rinks in the middle of the shopping mall, but it, it honestly is kind of good. You got a lot of foot traffic. There's plenty of restaurants around. Like it was, it was incredible. Like it was so cool. I, I hope we go back cause it was so much fun. I hope you guys do too. And I mean, I think I told you this at the rink, like for me personally, I've never reffed a professional hockey team and it was just such a pleasure to, you know, like you guys do everything at a little bit higher level and even like your chirps and like when you weren't pleased with a call or like when you had something to say, it was like well thought out and like professional, you know, it's like, Hey, you got, you guys put the whistles away there stripes, like just funny things instead of being like, you suck. Like you guys were just doing everything at a little bit higher level, including all the way up to chirping. And uh, yeah, it was just a lot of fun. I mean, the tigers put on a really good show giving it to you i was i was giving yeah. it to you the one you called my goal off i was i know that you were upset and i mean it happens but you handled it well and you let it go after about 15 seconds so <laughs> just for back reference it was actually I it was call, a, this is actually uh okay go on this is a big game a big moment you know the final game it's a, i think it was a one nothing or one one game at the time and i called a goal back for, on you uh a couple of you guys were not very pleased uh but that's part of the game and it happens and uh you know of course you know i, I only ref with the utmost integrity for the game of hockey and mistakes are made i might have made one might not have there is some video replay and uh, I have 
to say it's it's hard it's hard to tell. Yeah, it's it's inconclusive, you know. And at the end of the day, you, you make the call. Yeah, and, and that's, when, that's uh, how it goes, you know. The- you're like, really? <laughs> I remember, I was like, that was a call, and we don't have video replay, so we're sticking with the call. And you're like, fair enough. <laughs> You know, and that was day, it. it's the ref's decision i i can't change your mind you know you you no, made exactly you made exactly and move on you know you, you got to respect the referees uh and you guys actually did a really good job of that and, and the people in asia typically do and i mean the team you guys are playing against they never played together all year they're just a bunch of misfits from all the best all the t- teams here and some real good players and i thought they competed really hard against you guys uh at times it was noticeable how different level you guys were at um, and also, um, you know, like just throughout the three games, it was supposed to be a four game series. It was knocked down to three. And I think that was a good choice just for, you know, for everyone involved. But they ended mm-hmm. up taking a game from you guys, which was their Stanley Cup. Uh, and you guys were really good to them, um, I think, in game one, because game one could have got a, a little bit out of hand uh, as you guys started mm-hmm. put, uh, putting it to them in the second period. But, you know, like you said, overall, it was such a cool experience for everyone involved. And the guys are still talking about it. They're all going to be listening to this podcast, you know, and reminiscing and thinking about that final game. And um mm-hmm. You know, you had the opportunity to to play with uh, Hirano and 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 uh, Martin Korea. I mean, I was having flashbacks seeing a Korea going down the ice and just oh yeah, just some of his mannerisms. And he had a breakaway in one of the games yeah, against Gabo, and Gabo stopped him on the breakaway. I'm like, he just stopped Korea on a breakaway. Like, there was just so many cool moments. Um, and, you know, yeah, and kudos to you guys because you handled yourself really well. And especially in a situation where you're all professional hockey players coming into a situation where you can't even – we played a no-contact series. Uh, the game changes. Like, we had to feel out how how much are we going to let them get away with? How much can we let them get away with before it get, becomes too much and the emotions start getting high? And, you know, it was really a lot of that – a lot of, like, mental game for us to try and figure out how it was going to work, the, how the level of hockey was going to compare. And, and it just, at the end of the day, I just thought it was perfect. And you guys did such a great job going into overtime and winning the game in overtime. Korea scores the winning goal. I mean, it was just, yeah, a really, really overall. Who, who, who passed it to him? Who passed it to him, Chris? I think, I think of my, was it number nine? Was that what you were wearing? Number nine? <laughs> Mr. Alex Rowder. Yeah. But no, but- but, but no, no, you're right. It was, it was incredible top to bottom. And, and honestly, for me, that getting back to the English and Japanese, like, yeah, it was so nice for me to have to be the translator. Right. Cause usually yes. when we're in Japan, I'm on the Island and these guys are helping me right. translate for me, but in Hong Kong, everything was in English. And these guys are like, what do you say? What, yeah. what is it? And then, and then, so then I get to translate for them. It was awesome. Really cool. And there were so many cool moments. Like, I don't know uh, how many people know is Yoshiro Hirano. He's well, one of the most talented, skilled players I've seen live in a long, long time. Um, just doing things at, an, at another level, like no look pass, like no look sauce passes, like, 200 feet down the ice right on the tape like he's just what was it like to play with him and like it was that your first experience actually getting to play with him because he's playing in the in the ahl right now so it's this is you're gonna love this but he he actually was my my roommate my roommate line mate and teammate for the wheeling nailers no way so you guys knew each other that's really that's really cool like i I helped him, you know, when he came to America, he he played in the USHL as well, but like he came to America pretty raw. So like I had to help him get a bank account, you know, yeah. drive him around. Like, yeah, we were, you know, help him translate some stuff. And so, yeah, like, <laughs> you know, we, we were, we were great friends and then it just, it's hilarious that like, you know, five years later, I'm calling him like, Hey, I, I might play for the Yokohama grits. Like, well, what do you, what do you think about that? <laughs> yeah. That's wild. Great uh, connection. I know. And sorry, I was just going to call it, but no, uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, you honestly, in my opinion, Yush is the greatest Japanese ice hockey player to ever play. Wow. Like he's unbelievable. So skilled, man. He works. He works. Yeah. He's his hands, his shot, uh, his vision. Like he's so good. And you yeah. know, he's, he's been up and down between the AHL and the East HL, but like, you know, yeah. it's, it's his dream to make the NHL. So I think he's going to play there as long as he has to, like, I think he'll get it done. Like he's, he's very driven. He's very focused. And 
you know, he, he has the tools. I mean, you could see like, he's one of the bigger Japanese guys, like that's evident. Yeah. He's not a small man, but he, he just protects the puck so well. And and like I said, like he, you know, he he knows what he wants and he's going to do it. Like he could, he could make way more money playing in Asia, playing for any of these teams in the league. Like right. they, I'm sure they fight over him every year, but he's like, no, like I want to be in North America. I want to make the NHL. I think he would, he would be the first ever skater to make the NHL. I believe they had a goalie play some games. The goalie for Nico yeah. is a uh, Puka Fuji. I think he's played some NHL games. So maybe he is the greatest player. Yeah. But yeah. I think that, uh, <laughs> I think that Yush is the greatest yeah i can't i can't argue with that he's got it all man and i and you can see he's got that little bit of grit in him too like you know Mm -hmm. it's kind of like there's there's guys that kind of have that and and you Mm -hmm. can tell he's got it not he's not just a skilled player he's like you said a hard guy to knock off the puck but yeah it was really fun and uh so how many like from your from the regular squad how many guys regular players were here Honestly, we kind of had a hodgepodge of misfits as well. I mean, we had, yeah. we had our, our social media guy was playing. <laughs> we had, uh, Luna who was, is a women's, uh, Harvard hockey player from yep. Japan. She was playing. And then I guess you, she's usually plays in North America, but then on the, and then we had a, one of our retired grits guys. So he was, he's, you know, he played last season, but he just retired. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, of, of the, we had what we had and then Korea. So we had, I think we had forwards and four D come. So we basically, yeah, we only had like two lines and then Korea was the extra. So yeah, we, right. I'd say, yeah, half, we probably had four forwards and three D and, oh, and the goalie Tatsu Tatsu is awesome. The goalie was incredible. So yeah, we, yeah, we had about eight of our regular guys and you know, our, you know, our usual team is much bigger. We have around 23 to 25 guys. Mm-hmm. So it was, awesome, you know, it was just tough to, with the traveling the summer, but yeah, like just, you know, for, to get, to get 12 guys over there and eight of our actual eight guys from our real roster was awesome. Well, the fact that you guys had a great time and it sounds like you're speaking highly of it and hopefully it's something that will continue because we need more things like this. It's things like this that the kids look forward to. It's things that motivate them to try to play harder and it helps grow the game. So I hope we can make that happen and I hope you're back in Yokohama next season. Please, I hope so. Tell Miko, we're, we're waiting for the contract. <laughs> well, if there's anything I can do, you send him my way and I'll, I'll have a chat with him. You can get him on the podcast for sure. He would love it. It's, he, he's got a crazy journey and a crazy story. Let's make it happen. Uh, before I let you go, Alex, I have a little segment on the show called Overtime where I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions. Uh, you just answer them as quickly as or the first thought that comes to mind. And then one special question for you at the end. Uh, and before we do that, how can people find you on social media? If somebody wants to reach out, where can we find you? Yeah. So I have Instagram and Twitter. I have Facebook too, but like my usual handle is Alex router nine. So it's R a U T E R nine. That's Instagram and Twitter. And yeah, I'm pretty, pretty active on both. All right, boys blow up his Twitter feed. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's random get to questions it. about anything. With random one timer questions. All right. Question number one, Habs or Leafs? Leafs. All right. Lemieux or Gretzky? Gretzky. Probert or Domi? Domi. Wah or Brodeur? Wah. Or or Lidstrom? Or. Claude Lemieux or Brad Marchand? Brad Marchand. Eiserman or Mess? Oh, Messy, eh? <laughs> Bowman no or Birds? Bowman. Ron or Don? Don. Shootout or no shootout? Shootout. All right. One final question just for you. If you could have two line mates from any time, any era, and one team to skate on together, who would the team be and who would be your two line mates? Oh, my God. That's unbelievable question. I mean, I, yeah, I think I have two ways of going about it. You know, I have like the full 
nostalgia where like if I, if I could play on the 94 Rangers with Messier and Graves, that would be mm-hmm. unbelievable. You know, Mark Messier, Adam Graves. Like I think they played with Kovalev too for a while. So, you know, just slide in a different Alex on the, on the right wing. That would be nice. But, <laughs> but then too, like it would be, it'd be pretty sweet to be on, you know, one of those Canadian Olympic teams. If you're playing, you know, with Crosby Bergeron, like I think if I had, McKinnon on the left, Crosby in the middle, Ooh. and I somehow was Canadian and not American, <laughs> <laughs> and got to play with those guys. That would be that would be insane. That would be crazy. I think you get a few points on that line, Alex. We do just fine. Yeah, unreal. Well, anyway, uh, I know you're very busy uh, doing a lot of work back home in the summer. Wishing nothing but the best. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to me. And that was across the pond, and that's a wrap. Thank you so much, Chris. That was awesome. All right, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to our amazing sponsors, the China Hockey Group, Wheel Hub Asia, AccessoryHouseGlobal.com, Yardley Brothers Beer, and of course, Sunset Studio. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Across the Pond HK. Email us, send in your comments and questions to the show at any time at Across the Pond HK at gmail.com.